bold, they're friendly, they're the crazy Christians. Walking down your street, sharing with your neighbors, sharing with your children, and yes, even sharing with you. Last Supper Pictures presents the Crazy Christians. There's nothing else like it. They carry a Bible in their hand and a smile on their face. They touch people's lives wherever they go. Many may laugh in mockery, but soon you'll be laughing with joy as you meet up with the Crazy Christians. You'll see scenes like this. Yeah, I'm the sheriff in this town since some crazy Christians came through. My jails is empty. Well, I haven't had a thing to do for weeks now. Of course, uh, Clem, he's a fellow who owns a liquor store. He's going to teach me how to crochet later this afternoon, but... Uh, <laughs> Since those crazy Christians come through here, things just ain't the same. Yes, where crazy Christians go, joy and love follow. Watch out. They're everywhere spreading the good news. Hi. How you doing? Great. Did you know that Jesus died on the cross for you? You're kidding. Nope. Uh, for me? Buck Weezer? Yes, soon even you will be saying things like, Praise the Lord, in Jesus' name, and it's all gonna burn. No more will you be filled with fear, frustration, and depression when your life is touched by those crazy Christians. The world is ready. Christ is returning. See it and believe it. Crazy Christians is appearing everywhere. Rated B. Only those believing will be admitted. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. I just want to share that with you because I, I don't know... Um, um, I grew up in, when I was a Christian, I was in high school, and I grew up in the mid-70s and the early 80s, and um, those Isaac Air Freight, and I used to listen to those all the time. To be honest, those things kind of really helped my faith, and I just wanted to share that with you. It's kind of crazy, but uh, I really enjoyed that. And so, um, in fact, I, I wish we'd be more like some crazy Christians. So, but um, hey, I just want to welcome you, everybody, this morning. And um, Josh, I'm glad you're back from vacation. Hope you had a nice, uh, relaxing time and stuff. I just want to tell you guys something. You know, when you got to come up here and preach, and you got to do two services, I tell you, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of emotion. I was sitting there going, man, I hope I can get it up again just to kind of, you know, get myself ready again just for the second service, because it takes a lot out of you. So, Josh, <laughs> I congratulate you a lot. So, but uh, my name's uh, Paul Cohn. I'm one of the elders. Um, Pastor Josh is, a, is like the first elder, and then there, Isaac's like the second, and Doug's Chamberlain is the third, and I'm kind of like the fourth. And um, if you know anything about sports, um, I'm a coach, so if you're kind of on the fourth string, you know, you're kind of down the end of the bench, you know, and they put you in just when they need somebody, you know, or it's a big blowout, and so that, that's kind of how I feel that way. So, I, I, you know, but the cool thing about being on the fourth string is like, I could do things like the crazy Christians things, and I got another video, I could do things like that, because what's you going to do, put me on the fifth team? Yeah, hey Josh, yeah. So, anyway, um, hey, I want to thank the VBS workers again. Man, you guys did a really, really, really great job. Um, the people in the kitchen, um, I think Jessica and Isaac were the heads on uh, things, but uh, everybody did a great job, and I just want to thank you workers for giving your time and energy to share Christ uh, with the young ones. So I just want to thank you very much. And kids, um, I don't know, I was in the, hey, kids, I want to pay, pay attention to me, okay, because this is not for me. I was in the store the other day, and I met some, some really weird guy. He had some real accent, and he, kept, he told me to tell you guys hi, but he said something like, A-yo-yo-a, you know what I'm talking about? So, I don't know, his name was Tony V or something like that, but he told me to tell you guys hi. So, just want to let you guys tell you kids that I told you, okay? I'm going to start out this morning. Um, I have a good, really good friend. His name um, is Bill Allison. 
and Bill, um, he is kind of a head of uh, a ministry called Cadre Ministries. It's a very small ministry. But Bill goes all around the Midwest. And in fact, today, um, he's speaking in Denver, Colorado, at, um, at Bill uh, Schwarzentraub's church um, out in uh, Denver, Colorado. He's doing the sermon, I think, and also he's um, doing some training sessions. And I've been to a lot of training sessions with Bill and through his training courses. And anyway, he... He has all these pamphlets, and you have to fill out all these pamphlets all the time And uh, as you're going along in the training. And there's one question that he has in every single one. And if you take your bulletins and open it up, and then say you have an insert. And if you go down to question number two under Dig Deeper, it says this. How is your relationship with Jesus today? Now, you have pins there, and I want you to take a pen or a pencil, whatever's in front of you, and I would like you to circle one of those numbers where you think you are at today. Now, please be honest with yourself and honest God. Now, listen, if you are, you know, be honest with yourself. If you're number one, and that means you really need improvement, or if you're number 10, then I'm taking this microphone off, and you're going to come up here and give the sermon, okay? Because I've never even come close to number 10 yet. So, But if you're number 10, then we're going to go, oh, you know, you must be like Apostle Paul. So, But take a couple seconds here and really dig deep in yourself and say, where's your relationship with Jesus today? Not, not last week, not today. Where do you think it is? Be honest with yourself and fill that out. Circle a, circle a number. Okay. You might ask, what does this question have anything to do with the fruits of the Spirit? Well, we'll I'll, let me explain. Now, Doug, Doug and um, Isaac, they did a very good job talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Now, my, my fruits of the Spirit today was supposed to be faithfulness, um, gentleness, and self-control. But guess what? I'm not going to talk about those specifically today. Sorry, Josh. Okay? But we're going to talk about the fruits of spirits. I think they're self-explanatory. But I'm going to get down, what I would like to do, is I'm going to talk about to get down to the basic and something simple. Now, please don't have any illusions that you're going to have some theological awakening today, because you're not. Okay? Because I want to have, a, all I want to do today is have a simple reminder and encouragement for you for the things that really matter on these fruits of the Spirit. Without, in fact, without this foundational premise, your Christianity will be useless. And as Solomon once said, it will be like striving after the wind. So I'd like you to turn your Bibles to John 15, verses 1 through 8, and we're going to talk about that. Now, I have the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, um, and you have the ESV, so you're going to have to follow along, but uh, I'm going to go with mine just because I'm more comfortable with this, and I'm on the fourth string, so i got to go to the lesser one, so uh, please bear with me. Just follow along if you would, okay? It says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message that I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. 
For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great joy to the Father. Now in this passage, Jesus is very clear who's who. There's three characters and there's one goal. And the goal is to produce as much fruit as possible. That's the goal. Now, Jesus, it says, he's the vine. And that's the focal point of this passage. And without the vine, there is no life or fruit produced in the garden. Without this vine, there's no, no fruit. God, he's the gardener. Now, as I look at it, if you're, if, you have a gar- if you're a gardener, you probably have your garden. And guess what? It's his garden garden it's god's garden he's the owner just like he's the owner of this world this universe he is the owner and the branches well that's you and i so what's the purpose of the branches because this has to deal with us the purpose of the branches is to to bear fruit that's the only purpose for the branches is to bear fruit there's no other purpose for them to do for what, what must happen for uh, uh, the branch to prepare fruit, to bear fruit? If the branch is to bear fruit, it must be connected to the vine. Why? Because from the vine, the branches get all their nutrients and their water and the life-giving, life-giving sap that goes into the branches to produce the fruit. That's the reason. And what if the branches are partially or completely disconnected? What happens to them? It says here, they're cut off and thrown away. You know, Jesus mentions fruit six different times in this passage. Do you think he's serious about fruit? Now, I'm not specifically going to be talking about the specifics of the fruits of the Spirit, but we're going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit because Jesus says it's important. It says six different times. Because these fruits of spirits in Galatians 5, they are the characteristics of God. And God has given us human beings. He has told us to go and demonstrate these characteristics to other human beings. And we can't fully demonstrate these characteristics of God if we're not connected to the vine, which is Jesus. So how can we bear fruit? And what do we have to do to bear fruit? Simple. Be connected to the vine. Have a relationship with Jesus. And that's some fire insurance type of of, uh, relationship. You know, I got my insurance, I'm going to heaven. Or ones where you just come on Sunday morning and listen to the sermon and then go and and then listen to WCIC. I think Isaac was uh, uh, referring to that in the the first time he uh, spoke. You know, it's got to be different. We've got to get down and have a relationship with Jesus. That's not a relationship. Just coming to church and listen to a sermon, listen to WCIC, that's pretty shallow. We need to get more. We need to get more because we've got to stay connected to the vine. Connected to the vine. Now, I'd like to take your bulletins again. Please fill out the second part. It says, what's your relationship been with Jesus? It says, 
this last month? How's your relationship with Ben Jesus this last month? You know, it's easy to say simply be connected to the vine or have a relationship with Jesus, but as Christians, a lot of times we have a big problem staying connected. That's the problem. And we get sidetracked by all various trials and events that come into our lives. And probably the big one we get is the big old sin nature that we have that's talked about in Galatians 5, 17, or in Romans 7. In fact, let's go to Romans 7 right now, and we're going to discuss what Paul struggles with. And if you go to 7, 14, we're going to read through 25. Romans 7, 14 through 25. This is what Paul... Now, Paul, if he was filling this out, that little, little chart out, I bet you I would think he would have a 10, Right? I would think he would have a 10 all the time. But this is what Paul says. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I'm all too human, and I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And I know that... I know that what, is, what I'm doing is wrong. This shows that I agree with the, that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm really... I am not the one doing it, doing wrong. It is a sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in, in life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. If I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person that I am. Who will free me from this, this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we get sidetracked by so many things, and Paul did too. Paul gets sidetracked, he got sidetracked with the sin nature that we have in us. And it just disconnects us from God. And we've got to stay connected to the vine. And the churches in Galatia were doing the same thing. I guess, I want, let me go back to this. A big problem is staying connected to the vine because we get sidetracked. But the problem is, we, a lot of times we get disconnected because we're trying to do things in our own power through our own efforts. And that's what Paul was talking about in, um, in Galatians 1. If you turn to, uh, your Bibles to Galatians 1, I'm getting closer to the fruits of the Spirit in 520. See, I'm getting there. He says this to the Galatians in 1.6. It says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist, and twist the truth concerning Christ. You know, they were trying to do things on their own. They were getting these, what was happened is um, these Judaizers came in, and the Judaizers people that came in, you could, they, they had this law, they wanted to tell you that if you could become a Christian and accept Christ as your Savior, but then you had to be circumcised too. That means you had to do something else to do this. In fact, Paul says this in 3.1. He says, Paul says, who cast an evil spell on you? 
Who casts an evil spell on you? In fact, Peter even got caught up in this. In chapter 2 of Galatians, Paul has to confront Peter about this and says, Hey, Peter, wake up. Pop in the back of the head, wake up. This is not the way it's supposed to be. You're trying to do things. You're trying to do things. Plus this. You're getting, starting to get disconnected. And then Paul says in Galatians 3.3, 3, he says, How foolish can you be? After starting your, your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you trying to become perfect by your own human efforts? You know, the Galatians were trying to rely on themselves. They were trying to, um, uh, to be righteous and, and in tune with God by doing something extra. You know, and we Christians, that's a problem. We get tried to do with these, all these extra things to make us look or seem like we're really good Christians. I do this myself all the time, and I really got to watch it because then it'll make me look righteous. They were becoming disconnected from the, from the vine by their efforts, as Paul described it. And human effort can only take us so far, and not very far at that. Even well-meaning Christians can get bogged down in trying to do the right thing. To try, we, sometimes we try to live up to these fruits of the Spirit. And we do it on our own effort and our own, uh, just our own efforts, I'll say that. Uh, John MacArthur, he's a uh, famous pastor, he asked this great question. Can we put fruit on? He describes a Christian who's read um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 who is going to work real hard at trying to bear this fruit. And he says, he says, this guy, he goes, what do he do? He'll spend one week really working real hard to love one another. Then the next week, he's going to work real hard to be joyful. And then the next week, he's going to work real hard to be patient. You get the idea? None of his efforts will be lasting or real. You can't bear fruit on your own. You can do nothing without Jesus. You can not do nothing without staying connected to the vine. You can't put fruit on. Otherwise, we're going to run around looking like the, the Fruit of the Loom guys in big puffy fruit suits. <laughs> and putting on fruit, it isn't real. It's not biblical. It doesn't fool our friends. And the main one, it doesn't fool God. He knows. Let me expand on this thought a little bit more. Turn back to John 15, 4, 5. And I'm going to couple that with John 15, um, 10, and 12. John 15, 4, and 5. It says this, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful Unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now let's go to um, 1510. Jesus says this, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments, and remain in his love. And in 12 it says this, This is my commandment. Love each other the same way the Lord has loved you. Now Jesus says here when we obey his commandments and love one another, then we are connected to him, just like Jesus is to the Father. Now my question to you is this. Do you obey God's commandments in order to remain in him? Or do you 
follow his commandments, obey his commandments, because you're already in him. Do you love one another because for the reason to remain in him? Or do you love one another because you're already in him? There's a big difference in this. There's a big, big difference. One is forced. The other one is natural. And it flows from the Holy Spirit. The one we're trying to do on our own, trying to see what I'm doing, God? See what I'm doing? Josh has talked about this many times in other sermons. I think we spend so much time and energy and effort in our Christian lives trying to be good, trying to be good Christians, that we lose sight of the main purpose of our existence. Our existence is to love God, to enjoy God, and just to be with God, just to be with Him. And to love others, just as the Father and the Son enjoys and loves each other. You know, God and the Son enjoy being with each other. I think what we need to do is just simplify Christianity. We try to complicate a relationship with by God by trying to do this or that to be the good Christians. We get caught up in traditions of all kinds that bind us up with all kinds of legalistic, mumbo-jumbo, churchy garbage, as I call it. No wonder the Christian, uh, no wonder the non-Christians look at Christians with disdain. They go, "That's too complicated and confusing. Why would I want that? Why should it be confusing? God's not a God of confusion. Look at salvation. How many, how many different ways that heaven have you heard in your lifetime? How are you supposed to get to heaven? What did Jesus say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. How simple is that? That's not confusing." Or the Ten Commandments, or the commandments. People say, oh, we gotta do this. I gotta if I'm Christian, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. You know, Jesus gives two commands. Love God, love people. Doesn't sound too confusing to me, too complicated. So why should we complicate this? Simplify Christianity. Instead of trying to be like Christ, just be with Christ. And instead of trying to transform yourself, why don't you be with Christ and let him transform you? Big difference. We all want to bear fruit. And, the best, and we can bear the fruit simply by being with Jesus. It's simple. Have an ongoing relationship with God. And you will, bear through, you will bear fruit through him naturally. I was, um, uh, Tim, Tim Brown, he's right over here. I've been kind of um, discipling and mentoring him for about the last two and a half, three years, something like that. Something like that. Well, anyway, Tim has a, he, he had this idea that he wanted to go, it was after Morton Pumpkin Festival, you know, and they got those big old pumpkins. And he goes, I want to try going to giant, giant pumpkin. So, you know, so he went down to his uncle's farm down in Farmdale, and his uncle gave him a little plot of land, and he went down there and tried to grow this big pumpkin. And he was doing a good job, because a lot of times we'd meet, we'd meet, and then we'd go down there, and he says, Paul, Paul i got to check my pumpkin, make sure it's, go, it's growing. So he was, he was very diligent about doing that. So we go down there, and what's cool about this, you got this vine, you know, these vines, and it just goes. And he had to go and cut off the sprouts all the time. 
He had to go there every day or every two days to make sure he, didn't, he had to cut off the sprouts because the reason you don't want those other sprouts to grow into pumpkins, you want all those nutrients and energy to go into this one pumpkin so it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. So he was always doing down that. He was always cutting those off. And as I was doing this, um, getting ready for the ser- sermon, I thought about this. I'm kind of, well, isn't that that kind of the way if you're in the vine with God that, he, that when, it, when it grows... And all these sprouts come off naturally. Tim didn't have to do nothing. He just had, he was just, he was cutting them off. They were just coming up like crazy. And isn't it the same thing with these fruits? If we're in the vine, won't these fruits of the Spirit come by naturally? We don't have to put big fruit suits on, showing everybody how good we are. It'll just come natural. We don't have to. We don't bear fruit by doing things for God. We bear fruit because of our love and relationship with him. We're connected to the vine. And to me, that's the most important thing. You want to have the fruits of the Spirit? You've got to stay connected to the vine. Because if you're disconnected from the vine, it's useless. It matters nothing. Like Solomon says, it's striving after the wind. My wife, um, I'm kind of a weird guy. Uh, I get weird thoughts. Ask my wife. Yeah, right. Maybe. In fact, this was the weird thought I came up with. Okay, I was sitting there thinking about this. You know, yeah. <laughs> I used to be a youth guy for about 30 years, so I had a lot of weird ideas anyway. Um, when I was thinking about this pumpkin and the vines and everything's growing naturally, for some reason, it sounded like, well, if, I, if my relationship with Jesus is better then won't I produce more fruit? And for some reason, a math equation came into my brain. Okay? And since I'm not a math guy, I went to like a year and a half of college. You know, I had to drop out. And, um, but my wife, she's an engineer, and she's really, really good at math. So she helped me with this uh, elementary equation for me. And I just want to put it up. It's going to be up on the screen here. I call it theory of relational produce. Okay? And it's X times Jesus, your relationship with Jesus equals Y fruit. Now, the X, the X in this is the time. And the Y equals like the percentage of fruit. So basically, it says the time you spend with Jesus will equal the percentage of the fruit you got. If you want to bear fruit, work on your relationship with Jesus. See where your relationship with Jesus That's all that really matters anyway. Because otherwise, if we try to bear fruit any other way, it's, gonna, it's not going to be real. It's going to be phony. The Y factor always depends, I mean, the Y factor always depends on the X factor. Sorry, this is my little illustration. <laughs> simple one. I'm simple-minded. So, you know, that's the best I can do. I call it the theory of relational produce. In John 5, 5, it says this. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Let's simplify Christianity. Let's not run around in big, puffy fruit suits. But instead, let's put on Jesus and be the fruit. Now, there's a video we're going to show. I like showing videos. And it's with the skit guys. 
and um, it, it talks about about it talks about it's called God's chisel and talks about pruning God pruning you. But I would like you guys just to notice the relationship um, between the two um, actors. So, go ahead. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, that we're, in essence, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a, a Picasso, you know? But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, you just said the person here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. You know, if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? I get it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other one away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising. I've watched what I ate. I even did Pilates for a while. That was awkward. But if you could chisel, All I mean, right. Can I talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel. No, talk, no, no, chisel. no, chisel. All right. Most of my children just like to talk. Not me. Bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow! You're lazy, <clears throat> but you pretend like you're really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Okay, <laughs> time out. <laughs> I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust? No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um, maybe, maybe we can take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me! Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou. Why won't you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, and we'll come back to right. it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control. No, no, chisel. Here we go. No, can, can we chisel where I want that? It's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? It hurts. This hurts me more than it hurts you. 
Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And there are the things in your life, you even think back to high school that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. No, no, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe we could... Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Oh, okay, but if we went another way... Your ways are not my ways. Okay, well look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just... God, I've let you down so many times. No. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. chisel away. Alright. Just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And it is this this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult. But I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find in You have listened to so many voices for far too long that are not of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It's it's a name. It's a saying. It's It's more than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I married her. I was there. Oh, oh, yeah. Dear God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible, but I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold, 
Don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You were one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison, but look at this as a, a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's gonna be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was gonna be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. The way you see yourself or you yearn so much for others to see you. But the way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. I like this um, video because uh, I, li- I like the... the demonstration of the relationship they're talking you know God's talking to him he's talking to God and since I've last 10 years since I've really focused uh, my Christian life on building my relationship with Jesus I like this because that's how I do with God me personally sometimes I argue with him I get mad but I talk to him and my prayer for you this morning is that you will have a relationship where you can just talk to God like that. I know this was a skit, but it's not a skit. It's real. And I, and I encourage you to build your relationship with Jesus. You know, if it's a one this morning, it's okay. I've been there, done that. I'm, I'm, on my scale, I go up and down all the time. So I figured if it happens to me, it happens to you. We're all in the same boat. We all struggle. But it's okay. God loves us. And work on your relationship with Jesus. Because I found out that as I work on with that and focus on that, those fruits of the Spirit, they just come out and flow out. You can ask my wife. I'm not the most patient man in the world. I'm not. I'm glad I didn't do the patient side because, man, that's like my worst thing. But I can tell you, my wife will tell you, the difference, I'm a lot more patient than I used to be. God works through me in that. And so I encourage you. To have, build that relationship with God. Even if you're one, do it. If you're out of 10, keep it going. Keep it going. But everything else matters. If we're going to do the fruits, let's have that relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I just love you. I just thank you for what you've done in my life, Lord. And I just pray there's someone here, Lord, that they're struggling, or even someone's doing well, Lord. I just pray that you focus refocus them on the relationship with you so that then the Father can prune us and chisel us to what he had in mind all along, what we were supposed to be, to be the masterpiece. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you work on people's hearts and knock on their hearts and their souls to see where they're at with you and just to put you number one in their lives and talk with you every day through prayer reading the Bible scriptures on their own. And I just give this all to you in your son's precious name. Amen.